Curtin Cade Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. What do you do when you have a wolf in your pocket? Boy, that's, yeah, I can hear him roaring right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Talking about our cell phones, of course. We had an opportunity to spend some time with Chris Martin. Uh, his book is The Wolf in Their Pockets, 13 Ways the Social Internet Threatens the People You Lead. Mm-hmm. But this is not just a book for leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, that type of stuff. We drilled down deep on what the challenges are. You know, we were talking about a lot of realities. Yes, every day. Every day. It was a good conversation, and uh, we'd love for you to join us for a little bit of it right here. The average social media user, by the way, uh, spends about two and a half hours a day using social media. That's the average. And that's more than enough time to shape our values and our desires and our thinking. And pastors and teachers and parents, uh, let's be honest, guys, we we feel our influence slipping away. Mm. We're seeing increased loneliness, disunity, self-absorption. But where do we go from here? Author and Internet expert Chris Martin is with us here this morning to take a look at at some of the the ways we're being changed by social media and the Internet. Because the truth is, you have a wolf in your pocket. It's the name of the book that he has written. The Wolf in Their Pockets, 13 Ways the Social Internet Threatens the People You Lead. Wow, Chris, just a really small topic that uh, (laughs) you have embraced here. This is crazy. Welcome. How you doing? Hey, I'm I'm well. Yeah, very small topic. Only merits a book or two or twelve. Uh, yeah. But yeah, hey, glad to be here talking about this one with you guys. BibleToLife.com. If you recognize Chris's name and voice, so BibleToLife.com is a wonderful website. A lot of resources uh, from Moody Publishers, etc. And you got to check it out. BibleToLife.com. Uh, he is the one who spearheads all of that. So it's really good. Thanks, Chris, for doing that. By the way. Of course, yeah. That's what I get to do with my day job, and I'm so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. All right, so where do we start with this? Maybe I should just ask you a good place to begin with all of this because it's such a huge topic. This is something that, you know, the context for our conversation, it's not the sky is falling, the sky is falling. We're not chicken little, but we are wanting to be realistic about this and not bury our heads in the sand. So I want this to be a hopeful uh, conversation in spite of what's going on culturally. But let's set the table for all of this. Where should we begin? And that's a great question. Um, I think it's always helpful to begin with something like this, uh, just to kind of assess the situation, to kind of step back and say, what's going on? How is it affecting me? And what should I do about that? Um, I think all of us recognize, you, you read that stat that I mentioned a few places throughout the book, that the average American social media user uses social media two and a half hours per day. Um, that's a massive amount of time. Uh, if you really think about it, there's nothing that you and I do for more than two and a half hours a day other than working and sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to the gym for two and a half hours a day unless you're a professional bodybuilder probably. Um, your meals probably aren't taking you two and a half hours a day unless you're going out on like a long date night thing. Um, so two and a half hours a day, I mean, that is a significant amount of time. And that's the average, which obviously means some folks are even spending more time than that. And so I think it's important to recognize just the incredible amount of influence 
uh, social media has on us and on the people around us. And then from there, it's a matter of saying, okay, that's the situation. Um, what do we do about that? And I think my, my first book I wrote last year called Terms of Service was meant to be sort of a mirror of what is social media doing for me and what do I do about that? Like, what's what's my relationship with it doing to me? What do I do? This one um, was actually written as a sort of response, sort of, I and mean, they don't go together per se. That one was a social media book. This is a leadership and discipleship book in the realm of social media because the biggest feedback I heard from my last book, and even as I was writing the last one, was from pastors saying, pastors and parents, like really anybody who's discipling, I was hearing from a lot of those kinds of folks. I serve in my local student ministry, so I hear from parents a lot, um, that, hey, um, yeah, we recognize that we need to examine our relationship with social media, but man, we're finding it very difficult to lead and influence people um, because it seems like their relationship with social media is influencing them more than anything else. You know, I'm seeing Mm -hmm. people in my congregation fall prey to various things, or my kids are addicted to their screens or whatever. How can you write something to help us respond to this situation? And I said, yeah, I think that would be a really helpful resource. So that's what I set up to do really is just a response to a need that I heard about. We got a question last week during our Ask a Pastor segment. It's uh, Fridays with Jay, Pastor Jay Dennis. He fields questions for folks, whatever's on their mind. And somebody had a really insightful question about uh, these discernment bloggers and those who are in the Christian realm who are hypercritical heresy hunters online. That's kind of their their thing, uh, entire ministries built around all of this. And they were like, okay, well, who do I believe when they say this about that pastor or teacher or that believer? They say this, but then somebody else says something altogether different. I'm so confused about who I can really trust as a follower of Jesus. Then we become very cynical about these types of things. So I think that that that's one way, just one way that we can get really off track as followers of Christ is to be, you know, enthralled with all of this, and it's shaping our thinking, and it's not edifying. It's not bringing us closer to Jesus. I'm not saying that we don't need to talk about some of these things, but you can OD on them. Oh, man. Yeah. And I uh, actually have a little bit in the book on discernment bloggers, because have as one who spent his entire career working in the online Christian spaces. Um, I've, I've uh, traded blows. I suppose you could say with discernment bloggers a good bit as I've worked with organizations when they've kind of come for the organizations I work for, the people that I've helped. And yeah, it's um, it, that's a huge, that's a really good example and a really good sort of like, why does a church member in Florida, for instance, need to be concerned about, what some discernment blogger in Wyoming is writing about a pastor in Texas. Like, just think about how kind of silly that sounds. I mean, it's just, um, I I think, like, it's important for us to exercise wisdom and exercise discernment. But I think a lot of times we we get um, absorbed by something that really isn't anything more than just 21st century nationwide church busybodying. I think. Mm. And yet, some of these bloggers have actually brought to light some things that should have been that's brought right. to light. So that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? 
That's right. And that's that's what's difficult is, you know, um, it, as the saying goes, a broken clock is right twice a day. I think it's important not to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to these things in the same way that I don't think it's important to throw social media out just because it can be a, a hard and, and very negative place. Um, and I think it's important to exercise discernment when listening to discernment bloggers, I think. And that's where that's where I think a lot of this is lost is um, we see people say things online. Perhaps we we agree with them when they go after these other three people um, and they go after one that perhaps we follow and we're like, oh, well, this is interesting. Um, do I do I trust them and what they say or do I trust this person who I've followed or read or listened to or whatever? And I, I think we just have to be very careful about who we listen to, how we listen to them, and how they're communicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think if we wanted to go down the road of discernment bloggers, I think um, most of them are known for their harsh tone as much as the content of what they say. And so um, I think we should ask ourselves, okay, how should how this person is communicating factor in to whether or not I take what they're saying to be truth or, or should I, should I be skeptical of what they're saying? Um, because in my experience, many of, many of the folks who operate in this space are, are communicating less than Christ-like ways. And so I think it's important for us to exercise discernment when listening to any manner of folks online, even if they um, claim to be heralding the truth. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. Leave your comments and your thoughts. We appreciate your feedback. You can give us a review. Also, don't forget to uh, like us, follow us, subscribe as well. What about uh, the interaction we have with the social Internet in regard to reordering our priorities as followers of Jesus? This is another ditch that we can fall into, so it seems to me. Yeah, priorities um priorities are huge. I I like I said a minute ago, I uh help lead the student ministry at my local church and I'll I'll talk with the guys in my small group there and we'll talk about Bible reading, you know. Um hey, I'll I'll ask them how are you, are you guys reading your Bible? If you're are you making time to do it, you know, you're all busy high schoolers. Um I understand that and I didn't read my Bible a whole lot in high school, so I, I get that. But where are you guys at? How are you feeling? And you know, they'll often say, I just don't have time, you know, I got work, I got school, I got uh, sports, whatever. And, and the conversation, the thing, the thing that they're sick of me kind of as an older brother to them saying at this point is, um, okay, that's all fine. But we all know now, because I've said it to you 12 times that we make time for what we want to have time for. Um, and that's what priorities are. Um, and so I said, you can tell me, I don't want to read my Bible. I'm choosing not to, and that's fine. And we'll roll with that. And we'll talk about that. But I said, I don't want to hear, I don't have time, because I don't have time either, but somehow I still figure out how to make time. Um, and so we, we always have a good laugh about that, and, and they know that I'm kind of poking at them, but they, they also get what I'm saying, too, seriously. And I think um, what, what, social, what our relationship with social media has done to us, I think, has sort of scrambled the coordinates of our hearts. A study from 2009 suggests that, uh, sorry, from 2019, suggests that the uh, daily time spent on social media again is two and a half hours. Even twenty twenty do twenty twenty two data supports that. And the average internet user spends about seven hours online each day. So that's beyond social media, um, and that's beyond enough time to influence what we care about and what matters to us. And really, like priorities are, as I write in the book, priorities are the coordinates of our hearts. Like how we prioritize things uh, determines how we spend our time, and therefore how we spend our lives. 
Um, and I think what we need to recognize is the more time we spend on social media, the more time we're fed by the feeds um, and and have algorithms and these mathematical equations determine, oh, you like this video, you like this link, let me deliver you more of that content and more of that that fodder in your feed, hmm. um, it reorients what we care about. And I think that's one of the sort of understated effects of social media is, yeah, we, we know we say, hey, watch this, don't watch this, read these people, don't read these people, whatever. And like what we consume matters. Like all of the, these conversations are important. We should act wisely with where our eyes go and what our ears hear and all of that. However, I think one of the more understated effects of social media on us is it can really start to subtly, quietly, over time, change what we care about. And I think we can find that, you know, after using a particular social media platform over the course of a year or two, we can find that we care about certain things we didn't care about before, or maybe we stopped caring about something we used to. And it can change our affections. And I think this can be something that ultimately hurts us um, more than helps us in the long run. Yeah. And and along this line, confirmation bias that, that builds into your feeds and stuff. That So you think everyone agrees with this one opinion. That's right. Yeah. The what we another thing we often don't understand is that um, social media platforms are designed to deliver us more deeply into our desires and not deliver us from our desires. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who are Christians who recognize our sinfulness and the fact that our desires aren't always in the right places, um, social media is is not concerned with our mental health, our soul health our heart health, social media is concerned with keeping our eyeballs for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes yeah. that means giving us content that pats us on the back. And sometimes that means giving us content that actually makes us really mad, but just makes us type out that nasty comment that we know we shouldn't be saying. And so I think we have to realize that it's always trying to reel us in and we have to do what we can to kind of un unhitch the hook from our mouths and figure out how to swim elsewhere. What about pornography and sex and how social media has changed our view of all of this? There's another big part of it. Yeah, I have a whole chapter on understanding sex and how really, the, in my view, the simplest, best way to understand social media, sex, and us is that it's really made us misunderstand it. Um, I think social media can make sex seem trivial or less important than it really is. And at the same time, make it seem central or more important than it really is. My friend Trevin Wax wrote at the Gospel Coalition a number mm -hmm. of years ago about how um, the, the cultural lie of our day regarding sex is is just that, that um, some say, oh, it's just nothing. It's just sex. It's nothing. It's not a big deal. But then at the same time, some of those same people will say it's actually central to who you are and what you think about sex is is like central to your identity and it's everything about you. And I think this is what happens when we make an idol of something as as powerful and important as sex is in our lives. And social media um, is a great trivialization machine. Postman used to say this about the television, and I think it's only more true about social media, is that social media is a great trivialization machine. And when the chief cultural idol of our time, sex, is sort of fed through the lens of social media, trivializing it, it makes it seem a lot less important important than it truly is. Well, at the same time, like I said, it's being communicated that it's way more important than it truly is. And so for the Christian, for us, with regard to pornography, or just like even shifting cultural values around sex and gender and all of these things, it's important for us to keep 
um, looking at sex through the lens of Scripture and not through the lens of social media and the Internet? The first step is doing what we're doing here today, and that is saying, okay, this is the problem. Let's take a look at it. But, Chris, before we let you go, let's frame this thing out in light of who we are as followers of Jesus and the great hope that we have that we can make sure that we are, to the best of our ability and the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, we're not falling prey to these things and taking the bait. That's right. And I think it's important for us to realize that we can't do this in our own strength. Um, I have a section at the end of the book uh, where I quote a bit from Eugene Peterson's great book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, um, where he talks about as his role as a pastor, he recognized that it's not his job to do everything, that he has to rely on the Holy Spirit to not only lead himself, but also in his work of leading other people. And so whether you're listening as a pastor or a parent, or you recognize that social media has gripped your heart or the heart of someone that you love and that you're trying to disciple, recognize that you aren't in this work alone and that you need the helping work of the Holy Spirit in your heart and also in working in the heart of the people you're trying to lead um, to try to sort of loosen the grip of social media um, but but it does, like you said, I think a lot of us turn a blind eye to this because we recognize our own faults here, and we recognize our own weakness, and we're afraid to maybe lead other to have others to have a more healthy relationship with social media when we can't figure it out ourselves. And I think we just need to have some humility and reliance on the Holy Spirit to help us do this. Yeah. By the way, I love your dedication for the book to mom and dad. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, nice and simple. I, they they uh, are the only reason I'm able to do anything like this. So yes, it, this one's for them. I thought that was cool. cool. I had to bring that up. Hey, Chris, thanks for being with us. Blessings to you. I'm sure you will be back. We haven't scared you off, have we? Oh, no, certainly not. Happy to come back. Thanks for listening to Curtain Cape Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.